The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. And yes, here I am, the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot. Uh, glad to have the pleasure of your uh, company once again. And uh, uh, great to have you on board. Uh, we're we're almost there, folks. Uh, so far as uh, the start of the tournament water ski season is concerned, and a welcome return uh, to uh, to the Moomba Masters as the uh, as the opening event of uh, of the season. Uh, we'll we'll discuss that within uh, the scope of this podcast, which is uh, being conducted with uh, with my good friend uh, from uh, from the land down under. He is the chairman of uh, Tournament Water Ski Australia. And he is Grant Barnett. How are you doing there, sir? I'm great, Tony. It's great to be with you. All right, then. Absolutely. So, a bit wet down there in Queensland, uh, from what I hear. It has been a really wet couple of weeks. It's been really challenging for lots of parts of southeast Queensland and also New South Wales. So, I think we've had about a, a year's worth of rain in about two weeks. So, it's been pretty challenging for a lot of our athletes who are around this part of the world, but uh, hopefully we're on the back end of it now and uh, just a few days away from our, our biggest tournament of the year, obviously, in Moomba and Melbourne, and hope it'll be a fantastic weekend. All right, then. And as I said, uh, we'll, uh, we'll discuss uh, Moomba because it's it's it seems like forever ago now that, uh, that the Moomba Masters, that we that we were just getting traditionally getting ready in March to be able to uh, to either go to the Yarra River if you were lucky enough to be in Australia at that time, or just to kick back in the wee small hours of the morning and uh, check out the the webcaster for for the Moomba Masters. Uh, there there must be some kind of sense of relief uh, for you guys that a the event is going is is going is is going. And and B, you've actually got some skiers that are, that that support the event enough to be able to travel from outside of Australia to compete now with with many of the restrictions easing up. Yeah, that's so, so true, Tony. We've had obviously two years of no Moomba, which has been incredibly disappointing for not only the event organisers and everybody here in Australia, but for the international athletes to come here and enjoy what is our biggest spectacle in world water skiing, and that's to to feel like a real professional at an event that puts them on a stage that they just will never experience anywhere else. So it's absolutely brilliant to to be back. I'm heading down there this uh, coming weekend as well. Our junior member starts in a few days and, and just looking forward to seeing not just our Australian and, and Kiwi friends coming over, but as you mentioned, some internationals coming out, um, which is absolutely brilliant to see because we've We've been pretty much ticker lock shut here for the last uh, couple of years. It's been a little bit like the Wonka factory. Nobody going in, going, nobody coming out. So it'll, it'll be great to have uh, everybody back and, and looking forward to a brilliant weekend. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an absolutely great tournament as it typically is down there on the Yarra River in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, Australia. But, uh, but, but, kind of, but 
let let's go back a little bit uh, over the past couple of seasons because I mean there I mean Moomba, Moomba being the premier event certainly one thing but I mean during during the course of the last couple of seasons uh, Australia has kind of been on a bit of a lockdown I mean so far I mean Australia's had some of the the most uh, the most stringent uh, uh, measures to combat COVID nineteen of course but in amongst all of that it's it's meant that a lot of your skiers down there have been unable to actually get physically out there on the water because of those same restrictions and i'm guessing that the sense of relief now that a lot of that is kind of behind you the sense of relief must be very palpable especially for some of the elite athletes that uh, that travel that travel outside and represent uh, australia at the international level Absolutely. I mean, Joel Howley is probably one of the great examples of that. He won the World Championships, as we know, back in 2019 in, uh, in, in August of that year and has literally been able to ski two professional tournaments since. Uh, I mean, you know, Moomba in 2020 and, and then really our nationals last year, which wasn't really a pro event. So two, two tournaments in a couple of years for a world champion. And we have had some athletes who have been based in the U.S. Um, you know, Vanessa's obviously married and living over there. Josh has been in school and, and Nick was able to get out of the country and, and Ethan's in college in the U.S. But the vast majority of our athletes have been stuck here, you know, and, and, and that's Joel and, and, and Jacinta largely as well, although she did come across to the, to the world. But for these guys to just even get um, the, the permission to travel out of the country was incredible. You virtually nearly had to knock on the Prime Minister's doorstep to be able to get out. So I really con uh, you know, congratulate our, our guys and their commitment of being uh, sending a small team to the Worlds last year. We, we, none of us even could come as uh, support staff or anything. It was incredibly challenging for them. But it's finally it's lifted um, and we're, we're out of it now. The, the borders are open, Australia's open, and we're looking forward to seeing as many people come across this weekend but more importantly for our athletes you know joel and josh and jacinta and vanessa and um our two joshes as well archie davis nick adams pat crisp and of course sadie to, to be able to go back internationally and compete on the on the highest stage and continue to push australia's um efforts in in, in world water skiing and, and get us out there up on the stage again yes indeed and uh, and i mean for the sake of moomba and for the other events i mean are, are are all the covid restrictions pretty much out the way or are there still like mask requirements or anything like that to still going on because i mean don't forget i mean australia had had some of the most stringent regulations there and i would i would i would be immensely surprised if if there was still it still wasn't a, me a measure of of caution, uh, still, uh, still very much out there to try and uh, prevent a, pre prevent an, another outbreak of uh, of that damaging uh, pandemic. Yeah, it was an interesting time. I mean, we were living in a very safe place over the last uh, eighteen months, two years. I mean, we even had internal borders closed here in Australia. You couldn't go from one state to the other. It was that that stringent. Like, for example, for someone like Ryan and Sarah uh, Green over in Western Australia, they've been stuck there for two years, haven't even been able to come to the East Coast. But Things to come back to your question of are things open? Can people come and go now into Australia? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Um, you need to be double vaccinated. Um, there are, I have heard some issues in regards to some skiers getting uh, visas and being able to come to Australia. I don't think that's centred around so much COVID. I think it's probably the backlog of just visas and applications to come in because the border literally opened up to all tourism and everybody internationally, literally from 
10 days ago or a couple of weeks ago. So um, Moomba obviously was only a week or two on from that. So people wanting to jump on and get visa applications and come out probably was quite challenging. Uh, I would imagine some of our Commonwealth type nations was a little easier and mm -hmm. the ones that are a little quicker to get. But um, we're pretty much open and we hope that everyone can, if you're not coming down here this year, then you can certainly come down here throughout spring and summer next year and enjoy some of the best ski sites in the world, some friendly hospitality and, and come along and train with some of our amazing athletes here. I've still yet to get my first trip down there uh, to uh, to Australia and uh, sample all of that, as you mentioned. But uh, you, you mentioned so far as uh, uh, competitors from outside of Australia being able to get in. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But I mean, a few weeks ago, there was... There was, there was just a little tennis tournament that was taking place around the Melbourne area. I, I don't know whether you remember it. And then you got this, uh, you had this Serbian guy that was, that was, that was trying, that was trying to get in, you know, without being vaccinated. And you took a, and I mean, the government, the federal government took a really, really harsh stance on, on, on that one in a lot of people's eyes. But I mean, rules are rules, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think, look, to be frank with you, I've got my own personal opinion on it. I think there was some boxes that should have been ticked on the Australian government side to essentially say to, to Novak, look, unless you're, you're double vaccinated, mate, don't get on the plane. It's it's simple as that. Uh, there's one thing to be able to get a visa to come to Australia. There's another thing to be double vaccinated. And one of the rules was to be that. And the other one was really centred around coming to Melbourne Tennis Centre, which is literally, by the way, Tony, if you're watching the, the telecast of Moomba, it's literally maybe a, a five iron for someone like Drew Ross as a good golfer mm -hmm. across to Rod Laver Arena. And, and Yeah, um, I mean you can hit you can hit complex. the shot. Yeah, you can hit the shot from the middle of the Swan Street Bridge and you'd 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 be able to make it into Rod Laver Centre Court, right? Absolutely. You may remember one of the traditions of winning the Australian Open is the winner runs out and jumps into the Yarra River around about uh, one ball coming from the, the Bridge Street end. So um, it is incredibly close, but that centre was locked down to anyone who you could not get in if you, you were not vaccinated. And I don't understand why the word wasn't put out to Novak that, look, if, if crowds and officials and everybody coming into the event, it has to be vaccinated and you do too. But look, it, it happened. It was disappointing for a lot of fans, obviously, of Novak and a lot of people that love tennis. Um, but hopefully we won't see it again. It was probably disappointing for him. And I think, as I said, I think it was probably some boxes on our end uh, down here that, that weren't ticked that should have been. But anyway, um, the next best thing close to, to that tennis centre is that event happening next weekend in, in one of the great theatres and sporting arenas of the world, that whole, whole complex around Rod Laver Arena, the MCG. Uh, you've got another couple of stadiums right next door. It is really the centre of sport in our part of the world, and the Arrow River runs right down the middle of it. And, uh, yeah, if you've never been out, Tony, we'd love to have you down here. And uh, to have you on the mic here would be absolutely incredible. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether I can make it onto the mic. I mean, I'd have some serious competition between the likes of uh, of Glenn, who... Uh, who, uh, who who would come to you from New Zealand? I'm sure you won't won't uh, harbour any kind of grudges uh, towards him or, and uh, and Jared Ferraro, who do does a fantastic job there over at uh, over at Moomba. So you you actually hold the title as chairman of tournament uh, water ski Australia, which is uh, basically the head of the, the the tournament discipline within Australia because there are there are different disciplines of ski racing there's barefooting and then there's the umbrella organization kind of kind of 
give us an idea of what that kind of entails uh, for, for you on a personal level? Yeah, it's, it's a volunteer role. I mean, here in Australia, we're like everywhere else. Um, it's a community-based sport. Uh, I was the president of Water Skiing Wakefield Australia, which is obviously our governing uh, body here of our sport, which in turn comes under Sport Australia, which is a little bit like your British and, and American and Canadian sporting organisations. They have affiliates there. And then Tournament Division, obviously, we're just a division of Water Skiing Wakefield Australia. And, and my, even though I spent eight great years in that role, my, my passion has always obviously been three-event skiing. Or what we know as water skiing mm-hmm. and um so it was a natural fit when you know the opportunity came up i was, I was keen to come back and, and spend some time there and, and try to take our our sport to the next level there's a lot of things that are, haven't been achieved in in lots of areas of uh, what we're doing uh and hopefully you know we can continue to do that we've got some plans in place to hopefully lift the bar in relation to our junior development and what we're doing and also at our elite level as well. So it's early days. It's only one year in for me so far. So, um, but yeah, lots of, lots of goals and ambitions ahead. And uh, I'm trying to surround myself with some, some great talented people, which we have here and uh, hopefully really exciting times. Yes, indeed. And uh, as, as things start to ease up and uh, resume to a sense of normality, I mean, it, I mean it's probably never going to get back to the old type of normal that, we're, that, we're, uh, that, we'd, that we were accustomed to prior to the, prior to the pandemic uh, uh, inflicting its horrible stuff across the world. But, uh, but I, mean, uh, mo- I mean, moving on a little bit, I mean, your, your role as... As tournament, as chairman of tournament water ski Australia, kind of takes a kind of takes a political uh, role, so to speak. So I mean, you, you've I mean you've obviously addressed uh, previously uh, the discussion with pan, uh, COVID nineteen, but now something rather new has come up, come up, and it's been rather sinister in terms of world sport. Is this whole deal with uh, with Russia and Ukraine right now? And I bring this up because. Uh, one of the skiers that's actually on the list uh, for for Moomber, a female skier, the current world women's overall champion, Sasha Genyuskaya, who's probably found out within about the last 24 hours as the recording of this, that she would not uh, be be allowed to ski in in any tournament in in the world, much less Moomber. So what's your take on that right now? Yeah, look, I listened to your interview with Daniela the other day, and I must admit, I was I was quite emotional listening to it. It was it was raw, it was real, it was heartbreaking, it was really hard to listen to. Um, and I felt I feel for not just Daniela, but all of the water ski friends and families and people within our sport in Ukraine at the moment, because we try to understand how they feel, but we really don't, Tony. And um, it's an enormously challenging time. There's obviously politics come into sport, unfortunately, at times, which um, is really challenging. Um, and the IWWF have had to make a decision, which is obviously on the, quite a lot on the back of um, what the IOC and a lot of uh, other governing bodies and sports and putting restrictions on athletes from Russia and, and, and Belarus. And that's, that's tough. I mean, that's a, a really hard call and I, and I really feel for those athletes as well and I've spoke to a number of our high profile athletes here in Australia on their on their feelings and thoughts and and, and it's really hard it's just one of those times that you hate to see happen and, and I hope we never see happen again um, but let's hope 
this time next year, if you and I are talking, uh, not only are we talking about people like Daniello coming down here, we're also talking about our other friends from other skiing nations around the world coming down here as well that, uh, that can't do that at the moment. And that's not just our friends in uh, our skiers in, in Russia and, and Belarus and, and others, but also other countries that just can't fit down here because of what's going on. Well, very good. And you sound like uh, you could have a promising career in public relations, uh, certainly certainly with that response. And uh, and and kind of going forward a, a little a, a little bit, uh, because around about the time of Moomba taking place, uh, there's another event that's taking place uh, on, on, one, on one of those nights. And that is the latest induction ceremony for uh, for the latest members of the Australian Water Ski uh, Hall of Fame. Kind of kind of give us a little bit of a background on that and who's being inducted in in this in this class of uh, 2022 yeah our hall of fame um is it's just an amazing night we have it at uh, a venue called crown here in melbourne which all of our major sporting awards here in australia are held it comes around every four years it's hosted by mark beretta who is mark i know you know of mark mark was a former national champion but he's also gone on to be one of the the best sporting broadcasters in our country and Mark's a great friend of ours and he's hosting the event. Currently we've sold over 350 tickets to the night. Wow. Um, the video presentations, the actual theme and the vibe of the night, it's absolutely incredible. And we've got uh, literally the greatest gathering of our sports elite, world record holders, world champions across all disciplines in one room, um, more than anywhere else in the world in the history of our sport. And that's across internationally. And so in tournament skiing, we're going to be inducting, um, I'll probably forget all of the names, which is going to be quite embarrassing here, but <laughs> obviously Ryan Green's being inducted, Michelle Bryant, Tim Bradstreet, Joel Wing, um, Emma Shears is being elevated to the status of legend. Um, so we have a, some categories within which fall under the IWWF model of what the categories are, and we've got the legend status, and, and Emma's uh, going to be elevated to, to legend status on on Saturday night. So it'll be absolutely brilliant. As I said, 350 plus people. There's a handful of tickets left, literally. So if this podcast goes out before uh, next Saturday and you listen to this, um, contact our national office because it will, you won't, you will not go to a bigger and better night in our sport than that night on next Saturday night on the 12th of March. It'll be an incredible night. Dress and black tie, I guess. Um, it's not quite black tie, Tony, but if, if you were coming down, I know you'd be in black tie, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, but some, some of our guests very likely will. Um, but no, it, it's, it's a great night. And um, there's a number of other administrators within our sport that are being inducted and a few life members as well. So if I've missed somebody, whoever's names I said a minute ago, I do apologise. But um, yeah, some really, some great names. Jody Skipper is another one as well. I think I missed Jody's name. Um, but it'd be a big night. Yeah, I certainly know the name Jody Skipper. Actually, uh, I actually met met her a few times, and I remember my first uh, first recollection uh, of meeting her was about the same time that I first met you, which was uh, I'm I'm sure you can remember there was way back in the uh, in the mid eighties, nineteen eighty six. Do you 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 remember that event, uh, the the Junior World Championships? Absolutely. <laughs> First ever Junior World Championships in Milan. There was, uh, you were, a lot of people don't remember, Tony, that you were a very, very talented uh, skier. You're on the, on, the, on the UK team. There was Brett Hodgkins and Jody Fisher and yourself. And you, you'll, you'll probably be able to name the other, the other uh, guy. I can't remember his name. But we had some special times back then. We had the first couple of Junior Worlds were in, in Milan in Italy. And um, 
yeah, they're, they're very special times. And I'm glad you and I could still have the opportunity to chat today about a sport and something we're very passionate about. I know you've done an amazing job with TWBC and I take my hat off to you and, and thank you for everything that you've done, you and your team, because the passion that you bring to our sport is exactly what we need. So um, hats off to you. Absolutely, right back at you, and uh, and I mean, and I mean, you've you've ca- you've you've carried on uh, supporting uh, tournament water skiing uh, so far as Australia is concerned, and you've kind of extended that all the way through to the uh, to the top position within tournament water skiing in uh, in in Australia. But kind of kind of give us an idea of what you do for uh, for your day job as well, because I mean that that's that's quite high high profile as well. I take it. Um, I wear a few little hats, actually. Um, I'm actually a licensed derivatives trader here in, in Australia. So that, that's a role I've had for the last sort of 10 or 15 years, which I've enjoyed, um, alongside my brother, who branched out and is doing his, in, his own thing these days. So that keeps me busy. I'm also a licensed property auctioneer. So that's something I do on the weekends, which I, I really enjoy. And then I've got my my community-based love of, of continuing uh, in supporting water skiing and, and what my wife calls my crazy love jobs. Um, but, you know, water skiing gave me uh, and, and made me the person I am today in regards to, I guess, shaped a lot about uh, my morals and who I am as a person and the passion that I had for things. So, And it sent me around the world in a lot of places that I would never have been able to go to had it not been for water skiing. So part of that is for me to give back to the sport as much as I can um, it always has its challenges along the way, like every sport does, but um, it's really the people, Tony, that, I mean, talking to you today, um, coming to World Championships and seeing all of our great friends that we've spent so much time with over the last 30 or 40 years, people stay in community-based sports and professional sport, not just always because of the elite athletes and that, all of that type of thing that it brings, but because of the enjoyment of it, the friendliness of what they do, the you know, making sure it continues to be a really vibrant, attractive place people want to belong to. And that's certainly a place I want to belong to now still and and see it grow and not just in Australia, but internationally. I think that's really important because our athletes are holding on to a lot of hope at the moment. I think they need more than hope in relation to where our sport's going. And I hope they, they see that very, very soon. What does growth look like to you so far as tournament water skiing is concerned? I think on a professional level, if I can talk on a professional level, Tony, I think there's been some steps in the last 12 months, 18 months in regards to the, you know, the new pro tour. I know Jarrett's worked really, really hard with uh, World Water Skiers on trying to implement what he's doing there. Uh, I think probably without being too harsh, that selling of that needs to probably um, be spoken out a little more and, and what, where that goes. Cause I think that is a hugely powerful engine of where that is. Uh, I think the, what troubles me, I guess, a little bit is the fact it's the athletes that are bringing out, you know, maybe a professional tour, which um, sort of is like putting the cart before the horse, so to speak, where, you know, we've got athletes today competing for prize money, which um, you had athletes competing in the 80s and 90s for 10, 20, 40, $50,000 more, which is, is quite sad. But I don't want to be too critical. I think it's a positive step where things have gone. I think the IWDF partnering with Part of that tour, I think, uh, I'm not too know the finer details of all that, I think is a good thing. But, you know, we clearly need to see steps and we need to see them, in my view, probably a little bit bolder and a little bit stronger than, than what, what they're happening at the moment. So, so, so basically, uh, someone who can come up to the plate with, uh, 
with with more robuster uh, ne- negotiation skills and someone who who understands the big picture enough to uh, to keep on fighting for uh, for it until uh, in, until it's achieved. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I would love to see a professional tour where we've got you know three to four major events uh, in in major countries that are huge contributors to our sport. And, you know, I'd love to see an event back at Thorpe Park in, in the UK. I'd love to see a you know, Moomba be a part of a tour uh, down here. I'd love to see a major event um, also in, uh, you know, in two or three other parts of, of Europe, which are, are linked together. And then really coming down into like a, a FedEx Cup type um, tour scenario. So you do have a points-based system, which I know is part of what the tour is at the moment, but you might have one or two tournaments at the end of the year, which bring together those points and you've got those athletes fighting for huge prize money, you know, 100K, 200K plus um, and you have, you know, major backers involved in that. And I think that's, that's one thing of, to dream up and say those sort of things. But there are people, there are people within our sport and connections with our sport that I believe that can generally make those type of things happen. Um, and it's, it, it, it can happen. I, I just think we just need, as I said, I think at times to be a little more broad in our thinking and what we're doing, um, a heck of a lot more passionate uh, and make the steps louder and bolder. Yes, indeed, and I mean, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've always wanted to see more in the way of non-endemic sponsors uh, come in to actually uh, support the event because, and I mean, it, Moomba seems to have, uh, seems to be able to bring in the likes of uh, Dewalt and. Uh, uh, and and uh, and a whole and a whole bunch of others uh, in into the into the fray. They seem seem, seem to have uh, a more successful time in being able to bring those types of sponsors in, whereas in a lot of other places around the world, uh, many events uh, many events just have have to make do with uh, with the sponsors uh, that are that are directly related with the with the sport. I, I don't know how you have. If I phrase that right, but uh, but there is a, a distinct difference between how spon how how sponsors are brought in to an event like Moomba and 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 elsewhere around the world. It's that that's what it looks like from my point of view. Yeah, we have a u- unique sport, Tony, where we have you know three disciplines within our sport, and if you go to a traditional tournament, then it runs from eight o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the afternoon. And that includes current tournaments like Moomba, the Masters, and some of the professional events. And where I think we need to wrap our story uh, around what we're doing in the future is is productions. You know, people these days, you look at social media, the way shows are run, they're a production. They're a two to three hour presentation of something. And I think we need to potentially look at our sport and how we can produce essentially shows call them tournaments call them events call them whatever you like but there are two to two to three hour production where you have um you know a, a, a different feel our sport is quite unique and its challenges of technicals and things like that but really getting and showcasing it in front of people for a short period of time because let's face it when you go along to motocross uh, type presentations or a lot of these presentations now of sport like ours, that that understood how to produce it, how to how to bring it all together in a two to three hour production that gets people's attention, gets people excited, and ultimately wants to come back and be part of it again, not just sit there on the bank once or sit there and watch it on the on the webcast once. They want to sit there at the end of it and go, "Wow, how can I be part of that?" 
who can I ring to, to that I can be part of that? How can I get my mate to come along and spend some money with that organisation? Um, that's where we need to head. And um, I think, as I said, I think there's steps in that direction in some part. I just think there's, we've got to really bring it all together and, uh, and be as one and, and make sure that we've got the right people behind it. That almost mirrors the, uh, the development of a type of cricket called the T20, right? 100%. Um, you've absolutely hit the, the nail on the head uh, in that regards. I mean, we've just had a finish of our big bash series in Australia, which is that two-hour, uh, two to three-hour, you know, cricket series. And, and, and really our sport is a little bit like what you said. A lot of people listening to this podcast won't understand what test cricket is. I know you will. I do. Uh, you know, being a, a proud English guy living in the, in the US now. Not, 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 not so proud these days, what with the England, not with the England team being absolutely thrashed in the, in, in the previous test series, but uh, let, let's, let's move past that quickly. Yeah, no, that's right. But our sport really is like a five-day test match in, rolled into a weekend, basically. And we need to look at the T20 models. We need to look at the surfing models. We need to look at those things and be able to produce two to three-hour events um, you know, in places like Thorpe Park, Moomba, um, you know, places in, in, in there are tournament places in, in, in France and Italy and in places where we can do that. You've got a, a great example in, of that as well. It's also a little bit like the Swiss tournament, the slalom event that happens, I think, coming up in, you know, I think it's late March, early April. Those guys are getting close to that, you know, that, that type of event where I actually want to, I actually want to turn the television on at four o'clock in the morning here in Australia and watch it. Very you know? good. That's that's the difference. That's the difference of where we need to take our sport. That wherever you are in the world, it's live. It's it's in front of you. It's hosted by TWBC or someone like that. And you want to turn your television on at three o'clock in the morning and watch it. Then you want to go back and do the same thing the next day. Sounds good, and uh, it almost sounds like you would be an advocate for the return of the overall shootout at the World Championships because that would, I mean, I mean, if that's presented right, and some and and someone uh, on the announcing and on the commentary uh, actually kind of knows a little bit about what's going on so far as the points and being able to update that live and give scenarios and that kind of thing, which is what I attempted to do at the World Championships uh, the, this, this past uh, September. Hopefully that came across okay. But, but yeah, the, uh, the, the overall shootout would, would be a good, a good place uh, to aim for. Yep, absolutely. I, I, I think you 100% right. I think one thing that we need to stop also selling our sport to the converted already. We've got, you know, right now, and this is certainly no no negative to what you guys are doing at all, because I know you're trying to branch out and broaden it, is that we're selling and presenting our sport a lot of ways to the converted already. Um, and, it's, and it's stopping us from exposing it to the wider community and getting people involved that have never, never touched a water ski in their life. And that's, that's selling what we do selling the tournament aspect and explaining what athletes are doing to people that have no idea i mean you talk about rope lengths right you talk about tricks you talk about how things are done to the average lay person sitting there watching the member masters next weekend what what is really going on out there but jared and glenn and those guys they do a great job in trying to explain that and that way people are starting to understand it more. And that, that will come back and expose our sport to a lot more people, especially if you're doing it on a two to three hour production level as well. 
All right then, that's uh, that 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 sounds pretty good, and uh, I think uh, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up the podcast around about this time. But uh, but before but before we do, uh, I understand that you've that you've made uh, several trips to the United States within the past few seasons, not really sp- specifically to uh, to a ski tournaments or any place like uh, any place like that. But I understand I understand one of your kids is actually a collegiate tennis player. Is that is that right? Well, Tony, as you know, I've got a twin brother, and his uh, his name's Andrew, and that's actually my nephew. So that's that. Um, oh, your nephew. nephew? I was getting confused. No, that's okay. My nephew uh, is currently at BYU in, in Utah, and he's leading a tennis team there, and is a really great tennis talent. So hopefully, Jack can um, continue on there and 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 get onto the tour at some point in time. He's he's a great talent, great kid. He's on a fantastic scholarship there, and. Uh, Andrew married an, uh, a lovely American lady, Janine. They've spent most of their life, the last 15, 20 years here in Australia at Noosa Heads, which is a beautiful place, but they've also been spending a little bit of time in LA recently and visiting Jack. So it's been great for him to do that. Um, so, yeah, not uh, picking up a water ski, so to speak, but maybe a, a tennis racket. He might, might make a little more money than what we did. <laughs> I've absolutely no doubt. I've absolutely no doubt about that. But, uh, but, that that was that was pretty much that was pretty much my last question. And I typically give uh, who, whomever I'm talking to, interviewing for the podcast, an opportunity to say thanks, acknowledge people, that kind of stuff. So I offer that opportunity uh, to you now, Grant. Yeah, Tony. Look, I really appreciate the chat today. Uh, for you reaching out, I know we've got a long friendship that's gone back uh, a long, long time, but. I do generally want to say to you, and I know there's a lot of people around the world that will, will, will um, echo my sentiments, that what you've done in relation to our sport and showcasing our sport and bringing us to us the way we are now is exactly the way that we want to continue to go. So, you know, a, a real hats off to you. And you're incredibly passionate about what we do. And um, while there's people like you there, then there's every chance that hopefully our athletes can be um, you know, put on stages like Moomba and different places around the world to showcase our sport in a way that we've never done it before. So um, look forward to that. I, I really appreciate the chat and all the skiers that are skiing uh, at Moomba this coming weekend. Um, I wish you every success. Can't wait to join you down there and see many of our international guests as well. Excellent stuff, and uh, fa- and thank you for the for the props there. Uh, we've been we you've been listening uh, to Grant Barnett uh, from uh, from Australia, and uh, getting ready for the Moomba Masters, which will uh, which will take place uh, 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 very very shortly uh, in the uh, the first part of uh, March. This has been the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. So until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC podcast.